welcome to episode three of the NRL Corona Positives podcast. It's been three weeks since the season has been kicked, but plenty of off-field action which has been uplifting. I'm Tony Salerno, having a corona, the beer, not the virus, with Mitch Ferugia as we look at the bright side from the last seven days in rugby league. How are you going, Mitch? Good, thanks, Tony. Another week without footy, but plenty of positive talk off the field, which certainly will be getting NRL fans excited with potential return dates being touted throughout the week. Yeah, most certainly that should be very fun. But before that, cheers. Cheers, Tony. Now, some sad news, Mitch, but we won't dwell on it. Corona beer has stopped production. But once again, we look at the bright side and these bevies now are quite valuable. So what you're drinking right now, savour it every last drop. Yeah, definitely going to make sure I do that now. We want you listening to get involved too and tell us what positives you've taken out of the NRL coronavirus saga at NRL Corona Positives on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or if you want, send us an email at nrlcoronapositives at gmail.com and we'll read the live ones on air. So, Mitch, big news this week. We're off to the moon or something like that. This week, the NRL launched Project Apollo, which was a committee charged with coming up with a recommendation to get the game back as soon as possible. We had breaking news last night that May 21 looks like it's going to be the day with more details expected to come out. Would that be a conference system in New South Wales and in Queensland? But Mitch, it's good that we're launching into a date. Yeah, it is good. I think that's the most positive thing that they're trying to set a date to get the competition back underway safely uh, and also as soon as possible. We did, I think originally it was either June 1st or September. Um, Those were the that time period where it looks like that may be accelerated a little bit um, by potentially splitting it into a conference. I'm still a bit unsure on that, to be honest, Tony. I'm not too sure how it would work and how the teams would go, especially considering you'd probably have about six teams which you'd be able to locate for Queensland. Then which teams do you move from New South Wales? St. George have been talked about potentially having to move up to Brisbane. I don't think they'd be too happy about that. Yeah, that's right. Well, they're looking at a 13-game season and a final series as well. So more details will come out, but the breaking news is May 21 looks like it's the day. Now, Mitch, I know you're going to ask me anyway, but I did read the biography of Neil Armstrong called First Man, the first man on the moon. I got inspired when I heard about Project Apollo. So as I was reading this biography, I did pick up a few things about Apollo and the moon landing expedition. I did find that it's very complicated You're going to fail a few times, but the admiration you get for getting this up and running, whether it be a space launch or rugby league competition in times like this, will stand the test of time. So I think the NRL has chosen a great name for the Project Apollo. But also, not many people know that three men went into space for the Apollo 11 expedition. It was Neil Armstrong, of course, one of the most famous guys, the first man on the moon. His sidekick, Buzz Aldrin. But there was also one more guy that went in. His name was Michael Collins. He actually flew all around the moon. But while the other two went on the moon, he just stayed on the, on the uh, spaceship. So the NRL doesn't want to be a Michael Collins, Mitch. We want to be Neil Armstrong. So I think it was a really good idea that they got some of the best minds involved in this. This podcast isn't called Tony Salerno's Space Tips, though, Mitch. It's called NRL Corona Positives. So let's have a look through what our biggest positives were this week. And I'm going to start first. My biggest positive this week in the NRL was how they're using this time to be so innovative. In previous administrations, 
they would have been reluctant to start the season because it wasn't exactly the same format. There wasn't exactly the amount of games with the same teams that were able to move around wherever they wanted to. So they've suggested a ladder format similar to the NBA, where instead of win-loss ratio, they're deciding games on percentage. So, for example, if you've won seven games in 12 matches, but the other teams won eight games in 14 matches, then the team who won seven games in 12 matches would be higher on the ladder because their ratio of win-loss is a lot better. So that means that the NRL doesn't have to rely on every team playing exactly the same amount of games before finals is being played. It's an interesting concept, Mitch. It is interesting. Um, I mean, we've never ever seen anything like it in the NRL or even in Australia, that win-loss percentage, but potentially with looking at the basketball, obviously, but with the Australian sports such as the AFL, A-League, we've never seen anything like this. So it would be a first for these sports. And I'm not sure how it would work out. I don't think a lot of the NRL fans would be too happy with that, considering I think it would a lot of fans, it would be in the mind of them, well, we've still got two games to play. Why don't we, why can't we allowed to play that extra two games? And why does this happen? I think everyone would want just a standard amount of games that all the sides are playing. But I do understand uh, why the ladder has been brought in. Say the NRL did have to cancel the season again, potentially postpone things, and there was a jumble up of the rounds, then it means that they would be able to go off that percentages, which is a smart backup, I think. Yeah, exactly right. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, Mitch, and it was touted at the end of last year, and it's the finals wild card. So that means 7th and 8th position will play off with ninth and 10th to pick up the last two spots in the top eight. So we've seen this similar in uh, the English Premier League Football Championship. They have two spots available to get promoted into the top league and teams three, four, five, and six play off for those two spots. So I guess once again, this is an opportunity for us to say, okay, let's give this a try. Let's see how the public views it. Let's see what the clubs think about it. Let's see what the coaches think about it. And then you know what, if it doesn't work, then we'll just chuck it out and in inverted commas, we'll go back to normal and we'll go through and play our season like we normally would. So I think the NRL is taking that approach to it, Mitch, where we use this season as a hybrid. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Otherwise, we know we've got a proven competition that can stand the test of time. So we can use this time, this season, as a bit of a scrapbook or a bit of an uh, experiment lab to see what we can do. But what, what did you think about the wildcard system when it was brought up? For this, as you mentioned, this hybrid sort of year that it's going to be, I think it would work potentially. But I think, say, 2021 and we have, hopefully we have a normal season, our normal rounds and normal final series. I don't think it would work because I think the amount of games played, you're probably going to get more deserving sides already inside the top eight. Um, And I mean, you work towards that season. So finishing seventh, you you could be four points ahead of the team that finishes in 10th but potentially get knocked out. So I don't think that would work in a sense. But with a shorter season, say we only do have a 15-round competition, everyone plays each other once, uh, and then we see really close results, obviously, between that 7, 8, 9, 10, then maybe that wild card works for this year. Yeah, that's right. So we'll see what happens with it. I know the only teams that will be unopposed to it would be the teams that finish 7th and 8th, obviously. They don't want to put their final spot in jeopardy. But Mitch, what did you find for your positive this week? Yeah, so my first positive, I think um, looking at the players and what they're doing in the off-season, I think TikTok has been a big hit, Tony. I'm not sure if you've seen a few of the NRL players' TikToks. 
I have. I don't got an account myself. I, there's a lot of been new, a lot of news about it, hasn't there? There've been a lot of Fox Sports and a few of the other uh, big masters have picked up what they've been doing. But yeah, it's been funny to see some of the stuff that the players have come up with. They're pretty creative. Yeah, they certainly are. So a couple of the players that have been really big hits, Alex Johnston from South Sydney Rabbitohs, he's made up a couple which seems to get um, a lot of the fans talking. There was that one where I think there was about five of the uh, Rabbits boys all in the same tracksuit. I'm not sure if you saw that, Tony. And they did a little bit of a dance. That was just before the season was postponed. Yeah, I didn't see that one, Mitch, but I wouldn't be surprised. They're all a very tight-knit group and they're appealing to that younger audience. So, no, it would have been really funny. Yeah, certainly. And another player who's um, really been hitting it off, not only just on TikTok, but on social media, Josh Adokar. Um, he's been really a bundle of laughs, um, doing a few magic tricks and also some pretty creative TikToks. Uh, in one of them, someone was driving a car and he was flying next to them uh, like a genie on a mat. I saw that. I did see the three car trick, though. I don't know if you got a chance to see that one with the Kings. Yeah, I saw that one. It's pretty creative as well. Yeah, so essentially what he did, he had three kings. He had the king of spades, I think, clubs and hearts. And then he got one of his mates to pretend to do a bit of magic on the top. He tried to split the kings. And then when he flipped the kings to show that it was the same three kings, they were a different suit. So I think he's still got a bit of way to go. Good to see that the players are going outside their comfort zone and not just focusing on rugby league in this time. Yeah, certainly, Antonio. I think it's a really great way for players to also connect with fans off the field. Yeah, it is. And that's what it always has been about while they're keeping that profile up while the footy isn't on. But it also gives the fans a chance to see the players in a different light. You know what I mean? They're not wearing a Storm jumper or they're not wearing a West Tigers jumper. They're normal people like you and me and they're looking for a different avenue to, you know, Mitch, everyone's doing it pretty tough in terms of trying to keep their mental health up and just trying to stay positive in this time. So any time we can get to see a different side of the players or the role models that the players have become, I think that's a really positive thing. Yeah, certainly. And Tony, you've got another positive for this week. Daly Cherry Evans, who's a board member for the Rugby League Players Association, which means he represents the players in a lot of these deals against the NRL and the broadcasters and such. Now, there was a bit of a gripe with Daly Cherry Evans this week from the NRL, who said he was a bit too volatile in some of his negotiations. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And he was quite bullish in how he was approaching the NRL to the point where reports are, and these are only reports, that the NRL asked that he be excluded from some of their meetings. But Mitch, I think that's actually a really bad thing because I think Daly Cherry Evans' leadership has been actually really good because the last thing, and Brayton Astor said it really well on Fox League during the week, the last thing the NRL needs right now is a bunch of yes-men telling them what they want to hear. Mitch, that's how we got to this position in the first place. So Daly Cherry Evans challenging the NRL, having those tough conversations, trying to put as much information as they can. If the NRL don't have it or they're a bit sceptical to give it, that's the NRL's problem. That's not Daly Cherry Evans' problem. Some people might say he's trying to be a bit greedy. He's just trying to look for the best interests of those other players who are going to be affected who don't have a voice at that table. So I think what he's doing is actually quite helpful because Mitch has come to the point we're all trying to be best friends. We're trying to help each other through the situation. But we've now got to the time where it's time to have some really tough conversations because if the game doesn't have these types of conversations, it's not going to change. And God forbid we have another pandemic or we have to stop the game again. We're going to run into these same issues. So we need more Daly Cherry Evans, not necessarily less, 
that are putting their tail between their legs and not saying anything and just smiling and nodding to the likes of Todd Greenberg and Peter Valandis. So I applaud Daly Cherry Evans for this. Yeah, I think it's really great as well. I mean, you need players to stand up and people in leadership. Obviously, uh, Daly Cherry Evans, captain of Manly, so he's one of the representatives there. I think all the other captains should be looking to do a similar thing and not just agree with what the NRL is saying. Really think about what is being said and what decisions are going to be made because they're going to be huge decisions. I mean, taking a 50 or 75% pay cut across the board isn't really something that could be taken lightly especially for some of the players that are on less money so I think uh, it's really good obviously to have Daily Cherry Evans standing up uh, like that and yeah that's right and I think this has really helped force the NRL's hand so they know the urgency because in two months time Mitch players might actually have to start moving a bit of money around in terms of their investments or even where they live uh, how they support their children all those sorts of things so it's not something where you can just sit on your hands and just smile and nod and just say, okay, I'm going to take a significant risk, a reduction on my pay account, even though we know in public life at the moment or just in society in general, this is happening to everybody. But if you've got a chance to voice your opinion and see if there's other ways you can do things, all power to Daly Cherry Evans. So well done on him. It's not a case of at the moment, Mitch, people need to put their egos in their pockets and not worry about public image. So not really worry about how people think of them because ultimately, this isn't about how you're presented in the media or how you're presented in front of the fans. You, at the end of the day, have to look out for yours and the best interests of the players who you represent. He'd not be doing his job due diligence if he wasn't having these tough conversations. So well done to Daly Cherry Evans. Now, Mitch, a bit of tongue-in-cheek, I've actually got a really good positive too, that the NRL decided to keep the points of a team who have already accumulated them in the first two rounds. So given that we were thinking of pressing the reset button on the season, there was an idea put to the Project Apollo Committee or the Innovation Committee that all teams should have their points stripped from the first two rounds so that we can start afresh and then have a bit more parity in the season. So there was a bit of backlash from the fans and also the clubs that those teams won and like it or not, those are games that are forever going to be etched in the 2020 season. While it could be nicer and a bit more easier to have a clean slate because if we break into conferences, etc., that would help, those teams that had injuries, for example, Jaden Braley, he's out with an ACL, you can't tell the Knights that he's going to get that injury and that all be for nothing. And also someone like Tabita Pangai Jr., who got suspended, does that all of a sudden mean if that game's not counted, that he's no longer suspended and he can come back as soon as the season resumes? So it's much more tricky to take these points off because there are repercussions. The games are in the history books. They were people's debuts as well. So Jamil Hopawani and a few others who made their first grade debut, but much more importantly, which we should look at, it now means that the Eels keep their points and they are still first. So keeping the dream alive of winning that minor premiership and the grand final, Mitch, if there's no more league to be played. So well done on the NRL for reinstating those points or just keeping them as they are. Because once again, there's a leader in town, Mitch, and it's the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, <laughs> I think they'd be joint premiers with a few clubs if that was to happen. Um, I think it's, it would be pretty silly to just wipe it. Obviously, they'd like to start with a clean slate if they were to move into conferences or different systems. But yeah, you can't just ignore the fact that two games were played and what actually happened throughout the games, injuries, suspensions, everything. Um, so I think it's obviously a good idea that the NRL has said no 
uh, we're not going to actually wipe points from clubs. If you earn them, you earn them. So uh, that'll be good when the competition restarts. And my last positive, we talked a little bit about this last week, the way that the NRL community was keeping up content. And Fox League, I think they've been doing a great job, particularly the fact that they're now getting the fans each week to vote on old games that they want recalled. Tony, how good's this? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, that's the added dimension of this. I mean, people can look on and say, okay, there's a retro game, I've seen it. But I mean, the commentary is really adding a new dimension as well. I mean, who would have ever thought that when Fox League on Sunday played that Tigers and Raiders grand final, that Dan Ganae would be able to see a player run away and say he's do his traditional goodbye that he does after his special try from a game. I mean, you don't get that. So it changes the dynamic. And also, it allows teams, of course, Mitch, uh, replays and statistics weren't as updated as they were back in the day. So we were able to get a lot more statistics on how those players were going during that game. For Blocker and Ciro and those sorts of players who had great games, we were able to have real-time stats on how they were performing at that moment, which people who originally watched the games wouldn't have been given access to. So I guess those are the real positives. We can really celebrate these games and give fans who weren't there at the time of these games being played, they get unprecedented access and get even more value for these games. Yeah, certainly. I think it's really great. And I think particularly now Fox League each week, you're letting fans pick games that uh, were really entertaining and vote down and see which games they will recall and replay. It's a really great move from Fox League. What do you want to see on the telly again? What do you want to relive? I think I know the answer, but are there any more? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there was some pretty good games, obviously, the last... 10, 15 years um, that I've been able to see. So I don't know. I think the way they're working it is they sort of pick about 10 games and then from that um, you just vote for one or two uh, and the most popular ones get played for that week. So I think just having a look at this week, there was a, I think the Newcastle Knights 97 grand final might be one of the games that gets replayed um, and a few others. So obviously really entertaining matches. Yeah, that's right. And of course, face of Fox League, Matty Johns, played in that grand final. So dare I say, that's not the last time that that game's going to be on the TV, Mitch. He's probably just going to get the Fox people to keep pressing rewind on it and keep playing it over and over again. But enough, speaking of the Knights, each week we celebrate how great the game is, now that it's not on at the moment. But we do have our greatest individual player performance. That is our big positive from this week. And I'll go first. Mine does include the Knights. And it was the Knights' 70 to 32 win in round two against the Raiders back in 2006. We don't need to, re- we don't need to go through that again. That, that scoreline was correct. It ended up being 70 points to 32, 102 points scored. And that man, of course, in 2006, there wasn't any player bigger at the Knights than Andrew Johns. And Mitch, he was just electric on this day. He scored two tries, kicked 10 goals, a bucket full of try assists. He ended up scoring 28 points himself. So he nearly outscored the Raiders, who scored 32 points that day. Mitchell was probably one of the closest games to touch footy, I guess. The Knights scored 70 points in 80 minutes. You know, every time there's always who's the greatest player of their generation, who's the greatest player of all time. I dare say Andrew Johns would pretty much blow the VCR, blow it clean, put it into the recorder and just say, hey, this is the reason why I'm the best player ever to play the game. This was one of his greatest individual performances. I know he's had plenty, but just watching that back in 2006, being quite young 
and just seeing what he was able to do to the Raiders on that day. And of course, it wasn't one for the purists. 100 points scored, Mitch. It was one for the entertainers. And that's exactly what it was that day. Yeah, obviously, great performance. No defence, really, from either side. Um, but, yeah, the Newcastle Knights, just too good. And Joey John's just a magician. Yeah, that's right. I think the missed tackles might have been a bit higher than the scoreline from both teams. So, <laughs> we'll wait and see on that one. But that was my moment, Mitch. You've gone pretty recent. What have you chosen? Yeah, something pretty recent. But, I mean, when I saw the question, I immediately thought of this performance and this image that really got stuck in my head. Sam Burgess. His performance in the 2014 Grand Final against the Bulldogs, I mean, I think it's everyone can remember it. In the first hit-up of the match, he fractured his cheekbone, um, was told by all the doctors and medical staff there to come off the field. Um, and you could really see his injury. Uh, his cheekbone was pretty much dropped down. He had a great individual performance, so he carried on, kept playing the full 80 minutes. He finished the game with 25 hit-ups for 225 metres and 36 tackles and, and also collected the Clive Churchill medal, which is just an absolutely brave individual performance. Yeah, most certainly. I mean, Mitch, if there was candidates for NRL games that could be turned into movies, this one would be it. It, it had everything. And, of course, it's got the backing of Russell Crowe as well, who's very good friends with Sam Burgess. So, of course, Rusty will take the lead role in this one when they do make Sam Burgess the movie, the 2014 NRL Grand Final. But it was just great to see, I mean, you know, just the emotion on his face after full time, just literally bawling his eyes out, crying so much. He was so proud. Of course, Mitch, he took a big risk after this game, went over the rugby. If he didn't win a premiership in this game, there may have been a chance he would have never won a premiership because he may never have came back. So there was a lot of pressure on him. But once again, the cheekbone added to the theatre. I remember him saying in a story, someone put a tackle on him and it actually pushed his jaw further into his face, mm-hmm. which actually made it easier for him to play, but of course a lot more dangerous. So after the game, the Rabbitohs win, they get into the sheds and then he goes up to the team doctor and he goes, oh, can you put some painkillers in me so I can go celebrate with the guys? And then the doctor goes, how many drinks have you had? He goes, what? He goes, how many drinks have you had? And then he said, oh, I've had about two or three already. This was like five minutes after the game. He was going hard. <laughs> and then the team doctor goes, no, no painkillers for you. So then he picks up a beer and he drinks it right in front of a doctor again. Just in the moment, that adrenaline got him through the entire night. But uh, truth be told, a legend has it. He was not very healthy the next day. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I mean, such a serious injury. Uh, but yeah, definitely a big individual performance um, to carry the, not carry his side, but just a great individual performance. And to pick up the Clive Churchill medal obviously shows how great of an individual performance it was. You know what they say, Mitch, that's tomorrow's problem. Speaking of tomorrow, Mitch, that's us done for another edition of NRL Corona Positives podcast. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. I've had a great one, Mitch. Yeah, thanks so via Tony. So make sure you follow us on all our social channels, which are NRL Corona Positives on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also send us an email. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast down below. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you very much, Tony Slono. I'm Mitchell Frugia. Stay safe and keep looking for the positives. We'll see you next week.